Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs. Welcome to The Great America Show, and great to have you with us. Today, we're talking about historic reforms in the House of Representatives, a national corporate media that resists any calls for reform, even that of their owners, apparently. There may be more Republican reform ahead. There's suddenly a fight for the chairmanship of the Republican National Committee. Ronna McDaniel has chaired the RNC for two midterms at a presidential election and lost out. Running against her, California committee woman, Harmeet Dillon, attorney and activist, and Mike Lindell of My Pillow fame. The Republican establishment likes McDaniel, of course, despite her losses. Rank and file aiming for a change in leadership. The RNC votes on the 27th at their annual to-do. And how about the hysterical reaction of the elite corporate globalists to the Biden document theft and possession of classified documents? As they say in the news trade, we'll examine that in the coming minutes. But no, we're not in the news trade, so we'll examine it right now. And we have a highbrow reason for our impulsiveness, because it's fun. Let's start with the MSNBC reflex, which is basically this. They adore the impaired puppet President Biden, so there's no need for an FBI convoy rolling into Biden's residence and putting chalk lines around where the documents were found or spreading them out on the rug and taking pictures to slip to the Marxist left media. And they say, what's the big deal about finding highest classified secret documents in Biden's garage, his library, some say somewhere outside the garage, and in his think tank, of course, a think tank that's paid for by the communist Chinese, who, frankly, I think they have a pretty good claim that they own the entire Biden family enterprise. Oh, yes, and Hunter Biden, in case you were wondering, did have access to that garage and apparently paid his father $50,000 a month for the privilege, plus a place to sleep, or at least so we're told at this point. So no problem there at all, so claims the corporate globalist media as they try to rationalize Biden's document scandal, claiming without evidence that it was all inadvertent mishandling. There's no harm been done, was there? And the garage was locked, after all, and it must have been secure or old Joe wouldn't have been parking his Corvette there. Maybe the Republicans planted the documents on poor old Joe. And besides, the intel agencies tend to overclassify all those doggone documents. So these compartmentalized sensitive information documents, the highest level of classification, so no big deal. They're basically saying these Biden documents really just fall somewhere between a page out of Reader's Digest and good housekeeping, which obviously this wasn't. Just as obviously the deep state allied with the Marxist Dems in most circumstances would assure President Biden of a free pass, no matter the severity of his transgressions. But there are also signs 
that more is afoot in this Biden document scandal. The Marxist dim rhetoric is suspiciously strong. Lying lefty Adam Schiff worries aloud that Biden may have put our national security at risk. Lefty squad member Ilhan Omar says she's glad Biden is under investigation. She's glad. And where is all that Marxist dim support that would nearly always be expected to rise to a deafening chorus of support for Biden? But not this time, not even a whisper. So maybe, just maybe, the Marxist dim Politburo has decided that not only they don't want Biden running for a second term, they may want him out of office now. Whoa. We'll see, and probably soon. Marxist dim corruption throughout our government is, of course, breathtaking and awesome in its almost complete power, widespread and entrenched. And for the first half of Biden's presidency, there was absolutely nothing the Republicans could do about it. But now, with a House controlled by the GOP, investigations into the Biden family corruption, the weaponization of the Department of Justice and FBI are underway. And we're told there's much more to follow and quickly. The 118th Congress is off to an unprecedented start. In part, that's because the Republicans had a fight for the speakership. And they fought it out on C-SPAN, and Republican voters loved it. And the bargaining took place in full view of the people. Well, most of the bargaining. Twenty Republican reformers banded together to reform the rules in the House and gain more representation on committees for conservatives, bargaining for transparency, representation, and accountability. Historic changes. Our guest today, one of the 20 reformers who stood up. He's Congressman Scott Perry, representing Pennsylvania's 10th District, serving on the Foreign Affairs and Transportation Committees, and he chairs the Freedom Caucus. Retired Army General, almost 40 years of service. Congressman, great to have you here again, and congratulations to you and the 20 who accomplished unprecedented reforms for the 118th Congress. You all made history. Well, I got to tell you, Lou, we didn't set out to, to make history, but we did set out to change the course of how Congress you know, relates to the American people and actually does business for the American people. And my observation has been that over my time here, Congress does great things for Washington, D.C. Doesn't do a lot of great things for people out in, the, in America that get up in the morning, pack a lunchbox and head off to work, pay their bills and play by the rules. And we were just committed to making making a difference and changing it so that Congress actually works for the American people. It's been a hundred years, Lou, since anything like this has happened. And maybe it takes that long. I don't know for people to wake up and say, I've had enough, but I have had enough. And I said to myself, I'm not going to look back on my time in Congress and know that I didn't do everything I can to save the Republic. So while it might've been uncomfortable and a little messy looking, Better to get this out of the way now so that we can proceed and, uh, you know, and, and start opposing the crazy left that's dismantling everything we hold dear. Well, Congressman, those are wonderful words for all of us who care about this republic. And what you all did was really terrific. And I want to applaud you. Free-spirited debate, honesty out in front of the American people. What could be better than that? I would love to see you all on the floor every day, every single day, debating issues and playing your part as congressman. 
Well, look, maybe that was so shocking that the American people hadn't really seen a full-throated debate with all members on the floor listening, weighing in, participating. Maybe that was the most shocking thing. But let's face it, every now and then we need to reset, and that's how it's supposed to be. We're supposed to be debating issues. Lou, we haven't had an amendment on the floor in six years. You know, we keep on hearing about these bills. Oh, it's a gang of eight, the gang of seven, the gang of six. What the heck's going on here? There's 435 members of Congress and 100 uh, members of the Senate. That means all the rest of them were out of it. You know, you didn't you didn't hire people or elect people to come here. You know, and I've told I told the former speaker this. I didn't come here to take orders from you. My orders come from my district and the good Lord above and this Constitution that I've taken an oath to defend, not you and not you people. So that might be the most shocking thing. And you're right, Lou. Look, we knew what was coming at us. We knew it since we since the inception of this plan and this effort. We knew that all the inside game, the members of Congress, our colleagues were all going to be against us. And we knew the outside game was going to be against us. Like you said, the corporate media and we even knew some of our so-called allies would be against us, but we were committed. We were committed to make a difference. We didn't make it personal. It wasn't about a person. It was about this institution, this culture, and trying to do something for the little guy and the little gal that's out there just trying to make their way and uh, and thinks that Washington doesn't hear their voice. That's what this was all about at the end of the day. I have to believe the cable news networks are going to be just shaking with anxiety and fear uh, when I say this, but you all should do your business in the house with C-SPAN cameras rolling all of the time. You all control the medium. It's your media. And I can't imagine you giving it up to Nancy Pelosi or Jeffries or whomever, because it is really a great advantage for you Republicans. Well, I'm glad you know, you mentioned that. And you noticed it, Lou. As the process was going on, we would oftentimes get together and say, let's keep doing the speeches. We're winning every single one of them. It's an opportunity to contrast. Uh, what the difference is. And and we were happy to do it and happy to have the opportunity uh, to, sh- to show those bold colors. And that's what it's really about. Let's face it, Lou, we were supposed to have a red wave this last election. But you know and I know that the leaders in the Senate and the leaders in the House didn't inspire anybody. The gains that we won in what was the most favorable political climate and Republican in, in my lifetime as a Republican was squandered because we didn't inspire anybody to vote to vote for us. They voted for us in the sense that they were actually voting against the left and that we were their only choice. Well, that's not a really positive affirmation. And I think you have to be willing to acknowledge that. And if you are willing to acknowledge that, you got to say, we got to do better. Yes, I think that is the test here. And you achieve so much in standing up and reforming Congress. No one can argue that. And everyone should be able to applaud that. It's a powerful moment when we look back to that week. I just hope that we will see more of you and your colleagues on the floor to see what uh, else you can do. Well, one of the things we asked for, Lou, and kind of, you know, we requested was a, a more broadly based approach to the members on committees that reflect the American people, not just the power brokers in Washington, D.C. So as you can imagine, the very important committees were all populated by people unlike me and unlike those 20. And we said that is not acceptable. Not only are we not going to accept retribution and reprisal for standing firm on our commitments and our beliefs, but we want to be represented in in the important committees so that those voices, the voices of the American people across the spectrum are heard. 
not just the left side of our party, but the right side of our party, too, that often feels like they do all the hard work, they make all the sacrifices to get us here. And then once we're here, they're abandoned. Their viewpoints are abandoned. So I think you are going to see many more voices that you haven't seen in the past. And I, look, like I said, we put in place the tools. We have the tools now to really get our message out and do things differently. We still have to have the courage to use them. You take for the first time in history, there is a single subject rule in, in the House of Representatives. And if you think about how the Senate always sent these Christmas trees over with all these ornaments hung on them, 7,200 uh, ornaments uh, in earmarks the last time, what, two weeks ago, right before Christmas. That's, that can't happen anymore as long as the House enforces its rule. They say, look, you can send that, but it's dead on arrival over here. We have rules now that you have to abide by, not just the Senate rules that the poor House has to the, you know, grovel on the floor like Oliver Twist asking for more gruel. We're not going to do that anymore. Now you're going to abide by our rules and we're not putting up with that anymore. But we have to enforce it. Well, I noticed you didn't put up much with George Stephanopoulos. He obviously wanted you to recuse yourself from investigating those same Marxist Dems who've been attacking our system of government, the representatives of the American people and including you. And it was good to watch you just not put up with his nonsense. Well, that's exactly what they do, Lou, and we should be ready for that. We should be prepared for that. We should expect that. What they often do is when they can't win on the, in the arena of ideas, when they can't win on the battlefield, they take the players that, they, uh, that, that are being effective off the battlefield. We've seen that, them do that over and over again. Of course, issuing subpoenas on Andy Biggs and, and Jim Jordan and what they've done to Matt Gates. They take the most effective players off the battlefield, and that's what that was, an attempt you know, um, I have not, uh, as, according to the Department of Justice, I'm not a target of the investigation. So I absolutely should serve on every committee. As a matter of fact, I'm one of the people that should serve on one of these committees because I'm being unduly persecuted, like many Americans are, under this weaponization of the government by the Democrats and the left. And that's exactly the kind of people we need on those committees to look into these things. The China committee that you've created and created in a bipartisan fashion, I think, is going to be tremendous. People are recognizing who the enemy really is. They're no longer calling China adversaries or competitors. They're outright an enemy. They're stealing almost a trillion dollars a year from this country, and it's good to see this committee established and to see Congress in a bipartisan fashion doing something about it. Yeah, that's exactly right. Finally, finally, some is acknowledging what you have talked long about, Lou. I've also acknowledged it, but finally, it's being acknowledged officially by the creation of this committee. And, uh, you know, look, they are calling them adversaries or strategic, uh, you know, competitors or whatever all that garbage is. Chinese Communist Party calls the United States of America its enemy, and we better take heed to that and get to it. And with all due respect, um, if there is any warranted, the Democrats have talked big but done absolutely nothing. And, and now it's time for them to put up. And the Republican Party needs to get in the fight here, too, and really start getting tough. None of this just, you know, tepid conversations and we ought to call them out. No, we ought to do something and hold them account. You know what we ought to do? I've got a bill to, to, to label the Communist Party of China, the Communist Party of China, a transnational criminal organization. And the intellectual property theft of America that they engage in every single year is certainly just the minimum standard. And that would allow Merrick Garland to quit prosecuting Americans for a parking ticket uh, and start going after the Communist Chinese Party that's trying to destroy America. That's where he needs to focus his attention and leave good God-fearing 
a hardworking, law-abiding Americans alone. You know, Congressman, I think right now Merrick Garland, the Attorney General of the United States, right now has to wonder what has hit him, because now he is chasing all sorts of boxes of documents he knows not where, and the same people who were condemning President Trump are now looking at President Joe Biden and asking what in the world was going on. Yeah, uh, you're absolutely right, Lou. I mean, whether it's Hillary Clinton or Joe Biden, they're allowed to uh, to be reckless with America's secrets. But heaven forbid Donald Trump transport them, uh, you know, appropriately to a skiff in Mar-a-Lago and then work with the archivist. No, that's not allowed. So we got to raid his home, uh, you know, have uh, have these federal agents going through his wife's underwear drawer and his son's sock drawer. It's appalling. What we don't know, look, why, why are we assuming that these folks turned over all the documents? Why we're taking their word for it? Why did it take them two months? Heck, two months, they've apparently had these documents for six years in an office where foreigners were coming in and out of, at least a President Trump, who has the ability to declassify absolutely every single thing under the sun, had them under lock and key in the skiff, which was reviewed by these very same people. Why would we take the Democrats' word that they were doing anything above board here. Obviously, there's something very much amiss here, and you can't have two standards of justice. Lou, as you woke up today, you know, you see another shining example of two standards of justice, one for the elites, you know, who are well-connected and say the right things, and one for all the rest of us. Tomorrow, it's going to be another example. When are Americans going to be sick enough to do something about this? And this is where the weaponization of the federal government, the new church-style committee, with the acronym WTFG, that's what we're going to get to the bottom of those kind of things, because there has to be accountability. It is without question a two-tier system. As I look at it, it's a one-tier system of justice. The Marxist Dems get justice, and conservatives, well, they don't get justice of any kind at all. And I do have to say that putting in Mark Green as chair of the Homeland Security Committee sounds like a lot better choice than Congressman Dan Crenshaw your thoughts? Well, listen, Mark Green is a great member of Congress. Of course, you know he's a member of the Freedom Caucus. He's got a long and storied history, not only as a physician, but a combatant serving as a special forces uh, special operator uh, with the task force, the ones that go out and do the flying for the for the U.S. Army, the Night Stalkers. Uh, we're thrilled with uh, with his position as the chairman of Homeland Security. And uh, look, if you're if you're Secretary Mayorkas, your time of getting away with lying to the American people in Congress is over. I, th I suggest that guy set up a cot in, uh, in, in, the, in the Homeland Security hearing room and be prepared to be taken apart by Mark Green every single day of the week until the time of his impeachment. Let's return to the issue of those stolen documents. The difference in treatment, the two-tier system you referred to, how long do you think it'll take to produce real results and real change in Washington, D.C., to roll back the swamp? Just some. Well, I think some of it's going to go more quickly than others. You're going to see single subject bills. Uh, you're going to see a different approach to spending, I think. And uh, so that'll happen almost immediately. Of course, you're already seeing bills uh, that you like, like the getting rid of the 87,000 new IRS agents. You've already seen uh, Adam Schiff, the habitual uh, liar, and Eric Swalwell, who sleeps with Chinese spies and uh, American-hating representatives taken from their committees. You're already seeing the signs of what can be done immediately. The investigations are going to take a little more time, Lou. We're Republicans. We're conservatives. We're people that believe in the process and the rule of law. And so we don't convict people 
before we have the evidence. So it's going to take a little time to get that evidence. And as you know, the administration is going to drag their feet every way they can. But I suspect there's still a few good people in these agencies that are going to willing to be willing to come and talk to us and give us the evidence. And, that, and that'll help speed it up. But, uh, but that's going to take a little more time. But we're going to be methodical so that we, when we know we have something, we're sure of it. Well, I know that you and your colleagues will be judicious and you'll be fair, which is something that we couldn't say of the other party when they were in power in the House. And I want to get your thoughts about this, if I may, Congressman. It's curious that the Biden people didn't immediately bring this to the attention of the American voting public. Are you surprised? No, I'm not shocked, Lou. And it's always curious how these things work out. And we're supposed to just disregard them, forget them and not wonder about the coincidental nature of elections vis-a-vis, oh, I don't know, the Hunter laptop or, or things like this. That's just coincidental. Look, I don't know how many times people have to see it before they start putting the connections together. But if they refuse to put those connections together, we're going to continue to remind them. We're going to have a smile on our face, but we're going to continue to remind them and, uh, and show them the bold differences between the leftist party that wants to take your freedoms away and rule you and, and uh, conservative Republican party that wants to abide by the Constitution and let Americans live free and exercise their rights as a free people. Congressman Perry, always great to have you here to talk with you. And as you know, we always give our guests the last word, your concluding thoughts, if you will. My concluding thoughts are these, Lou. Look, we just fought to give the tools to this Republican Congress to two of the Congress, but we're going to need everybody to weigh in, knowing that they have the tools to stop this insanity, stop these midnight dumps of one point seven trillion dollar bills from the Senate, uh, stop these Christmas tree bills and stop having accountability for the elite ruling class in Washington. But it is going to take the American people to be engaged, to stay engaged, know that there's Know that the you know that things have changed in Washington D.C. Don't lose, don't lose your enthusiasm. Don't be discouraged. Get back in the fight if you're out of it. Stay in the fight if you've been in it. Let's demand that these tools be used. This is our government. We, the people, are the ones that uh, that rule this country. We don't serve the government. Uh, the government serves us, and we need your help in making sure that continues to happen. Thank you, Congressman Scott Perry, great American. Please follow me on Twitter and True Social at Lou Dobbs, at Lou Dobbs on Twitter and Truth Social. Here tomorrow, we talk with Brent Bozell, conservative activist, head of the Media Research Bureau, keeping watch over left-wing media. Please join us here tomorrow. Till then, God bless you, and may God bless America.